0: I am here with Libby Ranger. She is in New Zealand. So this is the first New Zealand guest that we have on the show. She's a speaker, a coach um, into holistic health, into mindset, rewiring the brain, changing our states, reprogramming the subconscious, all the stuff that I'm into. She is a girl of my own kind of category. I would say like we're both really similar and we talk about the same stuff and I'm really excited to have her on. We've been uh, following each other for a little bit of time on Instagram and it was a matter of time for me to reach out and to get her on the show. So welcome Libby. Thank you so much for today and um, I'm so excited to introduce you to my audience. Yeah,
1: it's great to be on here. I'm so excited. I've been such a longtime fan of the podcast, and I was letting a couple of people know who are also fans here in New Zealand and like Mimi's podcast. So, yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited to be here and have a chat.
0: I'm so excited too. So, for everyone listening, I actually don't know much about Libby, and this is kind of how I love to get people on for the podcast. I want to ask them questions like I, I don't really know much about them. I know about what you post and I love everything you post. And I already know that, that we just get along, but I want to know about your story. What got you interested in this work? Um, what fuels you when it comes to finding out new research in this work? What really, what's your biggest driver? And, and maybe do you have a backstory to kind of reflect what got you into this? Or you've always been into this kind of, you know, I don't even want to call it new age. It's just like new science almost.
1: Yeah, sure. New age. Love that. I kind of refer to it sometimes in my talks as like, woo woo, but I'm like, no, but I'm going to teach you guys the science behind it. Um, So yeah, I guess I'd always, always had been into, ever since I was so young, like probably even maybe seven or eight, like really been interested in like the law of attraction and probably not even knowing what it was, but like, you know, interested in all of that kind of thing, positive thinking. And then as I got older, I kept reading and researching and it kind of moved into away from that stuff. I still love all that stuff. It's great, but more into like, okay, how can I, how can this science actually work? Like in my favor, in my health, other people, more of like a tangible way. Um, And then when I was about to head off to like uni after school and just follow the kind of path that I thought I should be heading down, um, I had a family friend who had a daughter who was quite sick and basically she'd done this kind of training in London, which was like a mind-body course. Um, And so I got really interested in it, did a bit of research and then headed over there and studied for a year and a half with a guy named Phil Parker, um, who's got like a mind-body institute over there. Um, So that was kind of the beginning. And that was like coming up six years ago. And yeah, I guess that kind of was my driver, like hearing a family friend's daughter who was so, so sick, had never been into anything new age, went to do this course and was like, she's better. You know, it's magic. We don't really know how, but like, we don't really care, you know, moving on. But I kind of was like, well, I want to teach people that stuff. I want to have that magic um, so yeah, I was very young. I was like only not just gone 19 when I went over there and studied and learned. So I studied hypnotherapy, um, NLP. So neuro linguistic programming, a little bit of life coaching. There was like a few different modules and then that kind of just like set me on my way. Um, and then, yeah, I'm still learning, still like just soaking up all of the knowledge that I can. I mean, I feel like you can also just, self learn so much if you follow the right people and you you know spend you know there's so much time in a day you can like be doing other things and just soaking up like dr joe dispenser who we both adore (laughs) um so yeah at the moment i work so my business is called the wellness platform and i do courses with small groups of people experiencing chronic illness anything from like chronic pain to things like depression and anxiety um You know, OCD, negative thought patterns, just things that are like not you basically getting ahead or maybe even things that people have said, doctors, specialists have said like there's no cure or this is lifelong or you'll always be fighting this. Like those are my favorite special interests, those ones. Um and then yeah recently moving into like talking to offices and like bigger groups of people that are kind of like a tough crowd
0: mm-hmm.
1: who don't necessarily like you know you come in and you're like mind body connection but it's like teaching them the science behind it it's not anything woo woo like the mind body connection is just how our bodies and our brain work and if we can if i can break it down to people and you know make it really straightforward and like oh there's a study behind that so that's real um then you know people you know love to know that they can change and not everything is stuck and that's kind of where I come into it with all of the brain and the body and the stress and the nervous system and rewiring like you said you know the fact that we can actually change anything about ourselves with consistency and retraining and just using the right tools and techniques
0: yeah that's about it. I love that. (laughs) Obviously, so before we get into the science of it, I really want to pick your brain on the science that that you always like to mention because, you know, there's so many different studies out there, but a lot of people say, oh, it's it's not 100% backed or whatever it is. I, I want to know about the studies that really speak out to you, number one. But before Doing that, I would love to know if you've changed anything about yourself through doing the work. I, I don't know if if there was something internal that you shifted. Maybe it was just something small, like a bad habit, or you know how you think about yourself or others. Let me know anything that you've potentially changed about yourself.
1: Yeah, um, I think when I so when I started work. Um, back when I went over to London and sort of we had to do a lot of practice on each other and like on ourselves and I remember just so clearly being like oh but I'm not sick I don't have you know I'm all good like there's nothing to I'll just learn it for other people but it's like there's so many things that can be going on at that subconscious level that are like holding us back and of course it's the subconscious just sometimes we're not even aware of what those things are and um, I've definitely done a lot of work around like money money mindset like I grew up in a big family my parents split up I you know growing up always hearing like money doesn't grow on breeze never enough enough too many kids blah, blah blah so I've done a lot of work going back on that stuff and shifting how it's stored and that was really profound, um, also, when I started the work, you know, I, I had a bit of a, like, mental mindset, like, oh, I'm too young. I can't teach, like, a middle-aged person this stuff because I am not, I haven't had the life experience. I'm going to take you seriously. So I did a lot of work on, like, confidence and belief. And, yeah, I mean, ever since doing that work, I've completely shifted that. And I can do a talk now to, like, 200 people. And, you know, you know that feeling when you sort of, you know, you're going to get called upon, like, if you're doing a speech or, and you sort of start to be like, oh, I'm coming up mm-hmm. a bit nervous. And... I did one and I was like, why don't I have that feeling? Like, this is so weird. I was like, no, be nervous. That like, you should be nervous. And I just literally walked on and was like, wow. And I, and then I was like, oh, it's because I've just done so much work on rewiring it that now my brain automatically goes to like, huh, calm, what's the mm-hmm. worst that can happen, you know?
0: So totally. it's great when you
1: see, like, see that evidence.
0: Oh yeah. It's the best. And it kind of comes the most unexpected way too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't mm-hmm. really... You don't really plan it, but it just happens. You know, it's like that little consistent work that you do every single day really does add up and it's it's usually just something that creeps up on you and that's what I've noticed from the work as well. It's something that just happens a little bit over time. Every single day you're doing little things that are different, your habits start to slowly change and your life starts to, sl- to starts to slowly change. And then, you know, six, eight months, 12 months, three years later, you look back and everything is different, but it didn't happen like that. You know, it happened over a few incremental, um, you know, months or years and, and there you go.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing with this stuff is that it, it's not hard, like it's actually easy, but the part that's sometimes is hard is that it's it's that consistency It it's the like holistic route is amazing but it takes consistent work and you know discipline and like making keeping those promises and you do see the changes over time and like you say you you went one day and you're like oh I went to that thing and I there was no trace of anxiety oh it's working as opposed to sometimes it is just easier for you know and it's just human nature to be like oh just and it's going to be gone quick but actually then as you know like there's a whole host of other things that come with that it's like instant gratification you know like I remember I saw this like family friend she was like an Ayurvedic doctor and I had this thing on my foot for a while and I was like, I'm just going to take like a pill and just get rid of it. And she was like, that's fine, but that will really affect your gut. But if you do this every single day, this like ancient Indian practice for like three months, it will go away by itself and you'll heal like X, Y, Z as well. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like the harder route, the easier route, but consistency and like putting in that work and discipline, it's, it's worth it.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent. So, mind body connection. They can be used for so many things. It's very important to understand for so many different reasons, and there is still so much science emerging from it. And our favorite person, Joe Joe Dispenza. You know, we can talk about him for hours. Everyone that listens to the podcast knows that I have a bit of a crush on him. But um, anyway, so (laughs) other researchers, doctors, scientists that do this work. Um, you know, I really think that there's there are so many people talking about this and in many different ways as well. It's not just in one necessar- one way necessarily. It's, it's really just, you know, there are some people on one end of the spectrum that are like in the secret that talk about the law of attraction in a very mm. deeply spiritual way. And they just say, mm. when you think about something enough and you embody the energy enough, it'll just appear. Um, and then, you know, to an extent... Dr. Joe Dispenza's work kind of talks about that, but I don't know about you. I personally feel like in my beliefs, it has a lot to do with changing your mind, but it has a lot to do with taking action as well. And my whole theory of the law of attraction and manifestation is actually less in a spiritual way and a little bit more in an energetic way in, in a sense, like the way that I view spirituality and the law of attraction manifestation is more, um, you know, just if I think of myself as the type of person, if I change my self-image to an extent um, where I actually start doing different things and taking different action, I will inevitably become a different human and get different things and see new opportunities and create new experiences in my life because I've changed who I am. So I change my actions. And that's my view of the law of attraction and manifestation. But a lot of other people might think, you know, it's very woo-woo. It's too woo-woo because you know, you you have to be very spiritual to do this work. And I actually don't believe that. What do you think on that?
1: Yeah. um, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like it's, if you can have a little inkling of some kind of science, a little bit of evidence, and you're and you're seeing the changes like there's no the spirituality of course comes into it um and it kind of gets you on that path because you know sometimes with with clients with even friends or family you can like put up a little wheel of life and like go through all the spokes and be like finance diet career relationships and i always put like spirituality and like that can mean so many different things to so many different people but like sometimes people like zero like i never reflect i don't go inward i don't journal i do nothing and so like you know it doesn't it you but they can be doing law of attraction and living their best life in all the other areas so i don't think they're like necessarily codependent but um i think yeah you're right about about the energy i think like with our patterns and our habits and they don't always serve us it's simply just interrupting a pattern repeatedly interrupt interrupting and then detouring and of course the brain's tendency is to go back to what it knows go back to what is familiar, go back to what is comfortable, preserve its energy. So just do what is automatic. But if you take that detour, you break that pattern or you're you're manifesting and bringing in that thing and focusing on it and taking action, aligned action, of course, you know, five days, six days, seven days, you know, inconsistently doing it, you start to shift it. And, you know, you could be doing that without any inkling of Spirituality, even the word spirituality, I think people is like it's one of those words that just needs to be broken down into like that can mean so many different things. That might be like religion, that might be just sitting in the garden grounding, like without your phone, like that can just be it's just whatever it means. So, I think, yeah, especially with I know who you're speaking about and the law of attraction, like some of them just come across so like science based, do this, get this, and a few more that are like a bit more airy fairy and you know, different, different ways of approaching it and do people that teach this, you know, you'll find one who really resonates with you, how they say it. And I saw you were reading, um, holistic psychologist's new book. And like, I think she is like, she is someone that I think as an overall, like most people can get behind the way she puts it. It's not, it's nothing too wacky. It's nothing too spiritual. It's just like holistically facts do the work like this is how you do it break it down
0: and I think yeah. Joe Dispenza's work is also very obviously science-based and fact-based but then when you get into his work and really dive in like, yeah. I, went to, like I went to a seven-day event at, two months ago in January and it was amazing but it was so much more spiritual than I thought it would be so it kind of like took me aback and I'm very spiritual in my own way but mm. I also I, I'm spiritual but I'm also like the way that I teach and work is is I want it to be I want it to be backed. I want to see real evidence and proof and his work has so much evidence and proof behind mm, it. Mm. But it was super spiritual when I went, so it was a bit of a like hmm moment for me. Um mm. nonetheless, I loved it, but it was like really intense. Like they were talking about like, you know, different entities being in the room and like, you know, it was very wacky. Like I literally many many <laughs> times during the event was like if Ben knew what was going on here my boyfriend <laughs> He would be like, What the <laughs> hell are you doing me? Because he's so vanilla. Yeah,
1: guy. I think so cool. I listen I listened to one um the other day and like he yeah he'll say like I cured this person of cancer like this happened facts and you're like whoa and then suddenly you're like in the quantum realm and there's like love and energy and you're like you know there's there's everything in here
0: yeah you know what it is I think it all goes down to belief so I think the people that transform Mm. their bodies and their health with his work it's because of their beliefs they deeply (laughs) believe deep down that if they get to a point of, you know, this, whatever it is in a meditation, a lot of these people have radical remissions, which like means that they just, they heal right away. And at these workshops, like I was at his workshop, I was doing Mm. walking meditations and people were, that were on crutches started to walk. Like I saw it, you know, like I saw it, but is it because they truly think they're being guided by spirit and something bigger than them? and they just believe it is it the placebo effect is it because they believe it so deeply that this will heal them or is it because those things are actually happening i don't know if i believe in different entities and i don't know if i believe in past lives i'm not sure yet i'm open to it Hell, i see a coach every week and she's like a medium and she you know she's very spiritual i'm like i'm i'm open to all of it um and i and i love her and i love the work but i don't know what i necessarily 100% believe in yet cuz it's i it's you know i haven't seen hard proof of that, but I've seen the proof of that beliefs can really, you know, just, just create your whole life. And that's actually the work that I like to preach and that I really, um, you know, weave into my meditations. It's like changing your self image, visualizing the version of you that you want to become your future Mm -hmm. self. This is the whole basis of most meditations on my platform and you've done them. It's like really understanding uh, and and just having a clear vision of who you want to be, of this future self version of you that you aspire to be, and then become them in every meditation, everything you do. Just condition your body, prime it to become that energy, to embody that 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 person, and then the more you do that. The the more you'll become them. And I think that in itself, like whatever you believe in, whether you're spiritual or not, just embodying the energy of what you want in your world will benefit you. That's my belief.
1: hundred percent. And I think like beliefs are at the crux of, of it all. So whether or not we choose to, to then believe in, in more of the spiritual stuff and more of the entities and like, that's an added cherry on top if you want to go there. But like, if you can just, if you know, if the world could just understand that most of the way we operate is from our beliefs. And, and sometimes they're so, they're so black and white that we can't even tell, you know, their truths, like their truths to us. And that's like the whole, I think I was speaking to someone the other day and she's like, so how do I change it? And I was like, wow, million dollar question. Like if everyone knew and it was just a one little, one little thing that we all had to do, then, you know, imagine how different the world would be. But we, you know, if we dive in and we do some work and we discover, you know, and sometimes we know what our beliefs are. We're like, I have this belief because this happened In my childhood or this happened, this person broke up with me, He this, blah, 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 this is how I get this, got this belief. But there's also like years upon years of memories and people putting their values and people of authority telling us things that have all just like slipped into our subconscious mind, whether we like it or not, and all affected us in different ways. And it's all tucked away in there. So there's where every single person on this planet has work to be done, to do do on their beliefs. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and self-image is tied to that, right? Like, I don't know if you've read the book *Psycho Cybernetics* by Maxwell Maltz. If you haven't, you need to read it. Have you read it? It's on.
1: It's on my read list.
0: Okay, it's. Yeah. you Got to read it. It's so up your alley. I'm actually in the middle of rereading it. It's a very old book. It's like it was written like get one of the uh republished versions because it was written in like the 1900s at some point and. But the man, the guy that that wrote it, um, he's he was like a doctor, like a plastic surgeon, and he noticed that his clients, um, you know, some of them that would come in for like a nose job or like getting something fixed on their face um, per se, a lot of them would come back and heal from the surgery and say, no, you didn't do anything to my face. I'm still, I'm still quote ugly. I'm still not how I want to look. And it was because of a deep self-image issue. And some people are blinded by their self-image. So he started doing all this research and work on what makes people actually change their self-image. It's not always changing your physical body. It's like the internal, right? So he would tell a lot of his clients to actually not get surgeries and go work on their self image, come back in three months before deciding to do a surgery. Cause you know, you really need to change the internal first and the work is so incredible and it really just talks about how your self image creates your life. And, and that in itself is the most powerful thing I think any of us can, can work on is the self image. It's, it, it dictates everything.
1: Yeah. And have you done much, do you know much about Marissa Pierce?
0: Yes, Marissa Peer has been on my podcast.
1: Oh no, I think I've listened to her on here. I've listened to so many of her podcasts. She is like the ultimate. And I went to her house
0: me. to record it in London. No, yeah. you didn't, Marissa. Marissa,
1: my queen. <laughs> um, I just think yeah. because well, of course that's kind of where she comes from as well in terms of like self-image peel that away. Like, it, are you enough? you know for most people that's linked to beliefs that no I'm not I'm not this I'm not that enough I'm not I can't do that because of um and then they all peel away to obviously um I'm not enough which is obviously linked to self-image hugely so I think yeah that's amazing that plastic surgeon story love that Mm -hmm. need to remember that one
0: Totally. So, what's some of your favorite science that you, you know, start off these talks with? When you, when you're speaking to a big audience of middle-aged people in an office that have zero interest in this kind of work, how do you sway them? What are some of the big things that you want to kind of lead with? Um, you know, to kind of prove that the mind-body connection, and not, not, you know, we're talking about the mind-body connection here, but not to mention all the other stuff we were just talking about. I I know that your work kind of embodies everything, but the mind-body connection thing is incredibly cool to talk about because I really think it leaves room for even more transformation than just the internal um, you know, work that we do. And that's why I wanted to include running meditations, walking meditations, stretching meditations, Pilates meditations mm-hmm. into my platform and pretty much create most of those categories that have never been done before. I know walking meditations have been done a handful of times by other people, but other than that, all the other sections I came up with myself um, in the middle of trademarking even because I was like, this is so different. Um, So I would love to hear your kind of the things that you kind of go to to show the world that this work is real.
1: Yeah, I love, I love the walking meditations. They're like the perfect tool for a mind-body, like if someone was going to say, what's a mind-body connection exercise, like Mimi's walking meditations, done. Um, But, so if I'm going to talk to like a large group, I kind of have one talk that's like a beginner, it's like 55 minutes, it's called Rewide Express, and it's kind of like a little like, dip your toe in the water of the mind-body connection, but I really like to lead with like super general things. Like where are we at with our health 2021 and get them to like diet career. You know, they'll yell out the basics. I got F45 and I eat my tuna salad every day, but you know, like the kind of things and we're like, great, cool. We're all healthy here, but what's missing. And then usually the missing piece is the mind-body connection, which you and I love so much. Um, and I just break that, basically, the way that I try and make it science-based is just to really break down, like, what is that one body connection? Are your eyes going to glaze over? Like, it? you know, you get all these men in the room and they're like, oh, gosh. And then I'm like, no, let's break down what it means. It's just simply when the mind is processing something and the body gets a very physiological response from that. Like, you've all had evidence of that working in your life, you know, and I'll often refer to, like, you know, deadlines and you get stressed. I mean, there it is, Done. Um, so get, get yeah, you know, kind of get them on board. I try and use a lot of like day to day, like metaphorical examples of just like, you know, you wake up and the alarm's pounding, and then you're in traffic and da 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 da, and then I break down the stress response in the body, in kind of a fun way. But obviously, that's all science. There's nothing I need to persuade them on that. So they're already aware that like there's a close link there. Um, in terms of the mind, I break down a lot about like neural pathways, thoughts, I talk about our beliefs from our childhood and like, you know, you get them nodding at that point because everyone goes, everyone loves to like reflect back on themselves, right? And they're all thinking about their own journey. So if I'm saying like from the ages of zero to seven and you went home with your report card and six A's and one B and your parent said to you, why did you get that B? And then, you know, suddenly you're like... An adult walking around with this, like, I'm not good enough. I've got to be perfect. I'm never, you know. And then you sit' they're not, and they're like, oh yeah. And they're sort of they're already on board by that point. So I think, sort of, any science that I do, I then reflect back on like an everyday example, or like a very relatable way of you know things that happen to us all. And so then they're already kind of thinking, oh, what is that? You know, what is that for me? um So I talk a lot about like the brain and stuff, which is just, you know, general science. I love um, Dr. Bruce Lipton's work. Um, I mean, I guess like we were saying before we started the podcast, like it's just a mix of everything and then it's interpreting it in your own way and then regurgitating it in a way that's, you know, because I think you'd know like what I mean with this work. It's like sometimes I'm like, oh, is that an original idea or is that like someone else taught me that and now I'm teaching other people, but like that's how... That's how life is like you, you put your own trademark on it and you come across in a different way. And people are always really engaged in my talks. Cause I'm not just getting there and being like, this is what, this is, this is what I'm teaching you. Like I get them to think about themselves, their family, their work, their beliefs, um, kind of interactive in an interactive way. And then we talk about like, okay, if we can all understand and we can all get on board the fact that the brain is changeable, we can rewire, um, we can, you know, f- and find that connection between like traumatic events that have maybe left us with chronic illness and kind of make connect with those dots. Then I give them um, some takeaways. And I'm just trying to think of whether they're sort of based on specific science. I mean, I do a lot of like state change, which you'd be all about. Um, just, you know, purely just changing up state in that moment from one state to another by thinking, feeling accessing all of our senses really changing how we feel I get them to like go into a really really relaxed state or a really buzzing excited state Um, and then sometimes I'll refer to like studies of people that have you know maybe been told that they'd never walk again or that leg would never that big toe would never wiggle again and they visualized and visualized and did all these sort of exercises and then suddenly they're like, oh, there it is, you know, and obviously there's specific studies for those things. Um, But yeah, I think it's just referring to a mix of a mix of things that I think are the most like relatable, um, and you know, even sometimes too much science can be not so good as well. Like you yeah. don't just want to hit them with study after study after study, and then they're going to sleep. It's like finding that happy balance between mm-hmm. rela- relatable examples with, "Hey, I didn't just make this up. This has been studied by neuroscientists for
0: years." Absolutely, and and you know, also giving actionable tips, I, I think, is is huge as well. Like you know, I've seen you on Instagram too, like just give actionable tips and. And show kind of how to really change. If someone asks you, you know, that million dollar question, how do I change? Um, What what do you say to them? Because, you know, there are so many things in science that you can kind of explain to them, like the neuroplasticity, the mind-body connection, like all of that. But what really helps people truly change in your opinion?
1: Well, it's just simply, first of all, awareness, it, you know, at a very basic level. It's like you need to be aware of what your patterns are and do that heavy lifting, I guess, to find out what is going on for you, whether it's really obvious or you need to do some work. Um, so getting really clear on what it is that you need to change. And then it's 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 kind of, it sounds so basic sometimes, this work, because sure, you could do your journaling, you could do your amazing meditations, you could do... Um, Like even physical steps, I often get a lot of clients to do physical steps and the course that I studied in the UK really backed that because you're like, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm feeling a certain way and there's my old, um, you know, disease pattern, I get up and I actually do some steps things, stop doing neural pathway and I'm changing my state. How do I want to feel? Oh, I want to feel confident and buzzing. Take myself back to a me when I felt that, really feel it on my body and then go on with my day. I've just simply detoured, I've I've completely changed what was and what was going to continue and I've changed my state, changed my action, I've got up and done something and then that's not to say in the next 10 minutes I'm not going to feel that chronic back pain again but then I would need to do it again and again and again and then the gaps get bigger and bigger and bigger or... You you know, if you weren't doing stepping out processing, you were just doing like affirmations to yourself, you know, it's like, okay, there's that thought again. Like I can never have a, this, the career of my dreams. Okay, stop Libby. And, you know, talking to yourself again, And it, but it's not, that's, that's the bit about this work that's like, so, you know, you've, we've got to get it across. Is it like doing all of that for one day? Great. I'm probably going to feel great that day. But if I do it for the next day and then I stop in a month, I'm like, oh, that mind-body connection stuff didn't work. that rewiring my brain didn't work the brain loves familiarity it loves comfort it takes us back to what we've known it saves energy it's it's harder to do something different and to really change those neural pathways and make them automatic than it is to stay the same Mm. and that's you so what do you choose if you're into this work there's hundreds and thousands of techniques but actually it's just as simple as changing again and again and again and again until it's automatic and then you just are and then you know those old habits patterns and thoughts they will pop back because that we're just humans we're never going to be like perfect rainbows and sunshines but then you've you've primed those pathways to be able to bounce to those automatic to those new automatic pathways quicker and it's you know then that becomes the more unfamiliar path is to feel bad because you've become so used to feeling you know whatever it is calm and confident so
0: yeah, does that make sense? It makes so much sense. The brain loves familiarity. That really sticks with me and cuz it does, you know, why people ask why change is so hard when the change you're trying to make is actually positive for your well-being and it's not because the brain doesn't or the body doesn't want you to be healthier and happier. It's because that comfort zone is addictive for our brain. It's that that security and mm-hmm. we've been we, we're literally wired from birth to want, you know, a predictable future, to want familiarity, to want the comfort zone, because it's a it's a way to, you know, survive in the wild and and it means that you're safe and our our bodies and brains would rather be safe than take a risk for potentially a better life. And we're here to kind of outsmart that old conditioned pattern of of survival. It's like, no, I can make a calculated decision in today's day and age and you know quite blessed to be living in this time and i can actually make a decision that won't really harm my 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 self if if it's a good decision and i can make that decision for myself consciously so it makes so much sense and it really is a total game changer to think of it that way and to really think that you're just you're really just beating your old survival patterns to change and it doesn't take that long it's it's hard at the beginning But um, how long do you actually think it takes to truly change an old habit, an old way of thinking, an old way of seeing the world, belief, self-image? If you're doing the work every day, a lot of people say three weeks, 21 days. A lot of people say 66 days. Mm. What's your theory on that? Well, see, the thing is, like I've seen it
1: even quicker. Like yeah. I've seen it in a in a three days, but then again, that's not just three days of doing one activity a day. That's three days or a week of consistently. Like think about when you become aware of a thought, how often you have it. You could have it like hundreds of times a day. So it just really depends. Like I I know
0: twenty
1: days I used to stick by, and I was like, that's the one. But then I know the sixty six days is coming. Yeah coming up more and more um in studies I think it's just like if it was me and I'm like hey there's something I want to change whether it's like I want to start getting up early and running or I don't <laughs> but whether it's a belief or whatever it is if when I want to change something I need to just say to myself I'm going to have to work on this consistently until it changes and then maybe don't you know don't get caught too caught up on the number But I, yeah, I mean, 21 days is a good one because any less than that, you might go really hard at it and then you might sort of, you know, you lose that. I always say to my clients, like, just do it, give it a go, dip your toe in the water, and you'll gain evidence. And then that will give you the motivation to keep going and you'll get hooked. Because once you start to see a little bit of change, a little bit of evidence by doing this work, then why would you not do it? Like we were saying before, for even more, you know, you might, then you're not even in a place where you're anxious or you're. You know, you've done all of the work and you're in a pretty good place, but do even more confidence in your career or even better self-image, you know, feelings about your self-image. Get hooked, but start with something small, small promise to yourself. Make commitment, do the, whatever you've set aside to do consistently. As if, you know, do it with the same integrity that you would if a doctor said, take this antibiotic for three weeks and you'll be better. Like, this is your medication. Like, do it. Until you don't need to do it anymore. You'll gain that evidence and then you'll be like, what else could I change? You know, how the you know, that limiting kind of roof that we have over what we think is possible, like shifts and shifts and shifts, which mm-hmm. is exciting.
0: Totally. Yeah, I think that's spot on, spot on. Um wow, well, it's been such an incredible conversation with you. Like this has just even opened my eyes, knowing this stuff already, talking about it with someone that also understands it and gets it and has completely you know devoted your life and career to it i think just with this kind of thing and and a lot of it is and a lot of personal development we already kind of know like we already kind of know that you're mm. 100% responsible for your life we already kind of know that you become mm. the average of the five people that you surround yourself with most we already kind of know these yeah. things but mm. just reminding ourselves and speaking to people and and seeing new ways of it being told really opens up i think you know your brain my brain our brains as as a collective the more it's it's just communicated and and shared. So thank you for your time. And um, yeah, I loved this conversation.
1: You're welcome. Yeah, it was so good to be on here. I think, yeah, you're right. A lot of this stuff is intuitive and sometimes when you speak about it, it's like, oh well, is that even too basic to change my life? But give it a go. Consistency is key. And also, I just as you were saying that, I thought like with um, NLP and sort of hypnosis, there's like some presuppositions, which are kind of like things you sh- you should believe. And one of them is if someone else can do something, then I can do it. And so even just by us having this conversation or someone listening to this podcast, or you, maybe, you know, someone who's healed themselves through like a different thing that you would ever consider doing. Like if someone else can do it, someone else has done it, then you can also do it. Like we're all human. We've all got that same capacity. So
0: Mm, yeah. Thank you for having me. I love that. That's such a great note to to finish on. It's like everything is possible. And I think we just lose that. Capacity to think that way after being a child growing up. A lot of people lose that idea of I can do whatever I want, I can become whatever I want. And the reality is, you still can. You know, like maybe that belief faded away as you grew a little bit older, but at the end of the day, you still can. There are people that have done what you want at your age, and it's everything is a possibility. You just have to first open up your mind to that possibility and become the kind of person that has that life. Totally. All right, my love. It's been amazing chatting with you. And where can everyone find you before we finish off the recording?
1: Oh, yes. I'm the wellness platform on Instagram, the the underscore wellness platform. And then from there, you'll be able to find my website and all that good stuff.
0: I love it. Thank you.